0: What's happening, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we are into a game day edition here of your podcast that you check out every single day. It's an exciting day. We have some great things going. Again, reminder about playback, which I'll talk in a minute. The link is in the bio of this pod. Otherwise, we have two different segments today. The first one is with Lori Fitzpatrick of uh, the uh, USA Today Touchdown Wire. It's terrible audio. Sometimes when I do these recordings... If I'm not paying attention, it does not switch over my podcast audio to uh, the microphone, and it just does his headphones. And I have these AirPod Maxes, which are so much money, and for the audio pickup to be so bad, I apologize for that. But I just want to warn you ahead of time that that is coming in the first segment. We have a nice little preview of the Jags from Lori, looking ahead at who, you know, the big changes for them, some names that are at the top of the roster. I didn't want to do all too long here, because it is preseason, and, and there's not a ton to care about, but... Uh, it's nice to at least know some names and know some changes they made. So that's the first segment. The second segment is the OBRs Ask the OBR on Thursday, uh, which is a show myself and Andrew Spade do, so we will get to that uh, right after the interview with Lori. Pretty quiet on the Browns front today. It was a travel day yesterday. They're walking through things in Jacksonville, getting ready for the 7 o'clock game. The only thing that really came out was this piece of news that Deshaun Watson would be willing to... Except an eight-game suspension and a $5 million fine. I think that's just a big waste of time. The NFL is going to do whatever they want. So that being public, trying to persuade, some movement on those things, I don't know. It's not worth wasting our time on. We'll talk about it a little bit later with Andrew. Also, the Jimmy Garoppolo rumor. We'll cover those things first. Let's get to today's, I guess, the first of many team previews that we'll have from somebody covering the team. Let's jump over to that interview right now. All right guys, excited to have in Lori Fitzpatrick who covers the Jaguars and many other different angles for the USA today's touchdown wire. She does film room content, she does a great job with it. Always try to talk to her. Listen, we did this last year, Lori, before the same game, opening game, little little different situation for both teams now. So thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. I, I was excited to kinda to kinda come back and, and uh and talk Jaguars versus the Browns. It's definitely a lot different this year. Uh, as opposed to last year having Urban Meyer in there, uh, still a first first time coach for the Jaguars, so that's the only that's really the only thing that's the same. Uh, everything else is different. So I'm excited to kind of get into it.
0: Yeah, let's dig into it quick. So yeah, talk talk to us about as these two franchises are in different yet similar tumultuous situations. With some of the decision making around last year to this year. Talk to us about the biggest changes between last year, this year. Who's here? Who's not here? That that kind of big picture stuff for Browns fans who maybe didn't pay the most attention to what the Jaguars did this offseason.
1: Yeah, so one of the biggest changes uh, was, I mean, besides the obvious of uh, Doug Peterson being the new head coach, uh, they made some changes on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so. They no longer have Miles Jack, who was pretty much the voice of the defense last year. Uh, he was one of the linebackers. He kind of played out of position at times. He played middle linebacker, you know, his off-ball, things like that. Uh, he played it with the 2017 uh, defense that went to the AFC Championship. Uh, now he plays for the Steelers. Uh, so they ended up bringing in uh, Foye Lukan from uh, from the Falcons. He actually led the league last year in tackles. Uh, so he was a guy that uh, that can replace uh, Miles Jack. Uh, he he's can be a little bit more of a leader, a little bit more of a uh, you know like he, he's bigger uh, and he's also more of a natural middle linebacker as opposed to Miles Jack kind of playing out of position. Uh, and then now they have uh they have <clears throat> uh, Trayvon Walker, who I think we were all a little bit surprised uh, I wouldn't say surprised in the pick being number one overall uh, but like they didn't expect it obviously until the talks kind of started to come out like Trayvon Walker is going to be the number one overall pick but uh but until we saw him play in the the Hall of Fame game nobody was really sure about what kind of player he would be uh Coming from you know Georgia, yes, he was he was on the best defensive line or the best defense in, co- in all of college football. But he was the only first overall pick to have six sacks, which is not a lot. Uh, but I think he's definitely going to be the the player to watch throughout the season. Him and Josh Allen, who's the other D end um, uh, on on the Jaguars. They they play a three four, so he's actually an outside linebacker. Um, but they will be. Uh, rushing the quarterback, you know, two-point stands, three-point stance at times. Sometimes they'll be dropping back. But definitely Trayvon Walker is is one of the key uh, players, him, him and Josh Allen um, on the ends. Uh, and then another big uh, signing was Darius Williams, the corner from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he is now on uh, the Jaguars paired up with Tyson Campbell, uh, who – he he was he was a pretty good uh cornerback in college and and now he's kind of coming into his second year uh and I think he's really stepped it up so far uh in in camp and in preseason so those guys are definitely the guys to watch uh on on defense now on offense uh there were definitely some changes in the wide receiver room they brought in Christian Kirk cuz everybody knows uh Zay Jones from from the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, then Evan Ingram uh, was the tight end from the Giants, who is now on uh, the Jaguars. So that was a big change um, there, which I think a lot of people in Jacksonville are a little optimistic, a little too optimistic. If if you know, if I were to be honest, um, I still think they're missing a key uh, wide receiver. Uh, you know, they have LaVisca Chenault, uh still Laquan Treadwell. Uh, Marvin Jones; those are the the guys that came back from last year. Um, Jamal Agnew was also a guy that came back from last year. He had a he had a kick return last year that was you know pretty awesome because the Jaguars didn't really didn't really do a lot on special teams. So I think uh, kind of overhauling that whole wide receiver room uh, was important. But those were some big changes. Uh, then obviously now Etn is back. Uh, Travis Etienne from Clemson. He was paired up with uh, with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, so uh, he's now ready to go. And James Robinson, he's back from last year, uh, and he will probably be ready week one. He has that he had that Liz Frank surgery on his foot or that injury, um, so you know that's kind of the same. But uh, I think Travis Etienne is definitely going to be one of those guys that's going to be utilized a lot in Doug Peterson's offense.
0: So talking about Doug Peterson, how how big have you noticed the shift away from the tumultuous, whatever that Urban Meyer brought? Like, do you just get this vibe that this is now a professional franchise headed in the right direction? Curious the vibe on Doug at the early part of this, uh, his his debut.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's more, uh, I would say the culture has definitely shifted, uh, especially because he's a proven head coach. Uh, he He's won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. He kind of took them uh, from, I think, I don't remember how many wins they had before they, they really started to take off in 2016, and 2017. But uh, Doug Peterson was definitely a big part of that. Um, and coming from Urban Meyer, it was just, it, it was such, like the Jaguars, they're not the team to take chances on first year head coaches that's that's coming out of college they're just not a team to do that maybe winning franchises that already have that established uh, winning culture they can take a chance and do that um, but I just think it was a it was a huge whiff uh, so Doug Peterson kind of coming in uh, and rehauling some of those uh, some of those uh, some of those positional rooms uh, was really important and I, and I think that he brought in he brought in players that uh, are leaders, and I think that you can already see that on the field. Uh, they're, they're responding a lot better uh, when, you know, they lose or when they miss a play. Uh, there's, definitely, there's definitely more of a leadership mentality uh, and an accountability type of attitude that a lot of people didn't see before on this team.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be huge for them just to get to a sense of normalcy within an NFL structure. And I think, you know, Peterson has flaws. I, I don't think that's a secret, but he does bring a level of raising the basement to, to, to just competency from an NFL coaching perspective. And I think that's always so necessary, especially for a franchise that was dealing with all the weird stuff that they were dealing with uh, last year. So listen, we'll close with this because this is going to be, it's going to be a hasty little preview here because, you know, these teams, it's just going to be a lot of players playing for both sides that yeah, hell not even their own fan bases know all too much about
2: who give me a couple names
0: of guys you think Browns fans should know they're maybe mid-roster to fringe guys so you are excited to watch and have high hopes to see what they can do just kind of what you're watching for and and players of that nature that you think uh, that that's, that are that trying to fight for a job and surprise people some plays
1: yeah so they they actually got um got Arden Key from uh the 49ers uh, that one of the defensive ends. Uh, so yeah. I think he's definitely going to be a player uh, to watch. He may right now he's competing with uh, Dwayne Smoot, uh, who is another one of those guys that, you know, you're kind of waiting for him to kind of break through. Uh, but I think Arden Key is going to get a lot of pressure uh, on, uh, on the offense. Uh, I, you know, I, I just think he, he brings a lot. Um, so he's definitely a player to watch uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, there's a couple guys. So Willie Snoop Johnson, uh, he's deep on the depth chart. Uh, I think he's from Marshall. Uh, he returned a kick in the Hall of Fame game, uh, but it was actually uh, called back for, I don't know, like like a holding or, or something like that. Um, but I think he he's a wide receiver number 81. Uh, I think he's definitely going to be a guy that uh, he's going to be fighting for his spot. So even though you're late in the game, uh, he's still a guy to watch. Uh, and then. I would say the the running back room uh is, is a really interesting one. Uh Snoop Connor. Uh he, he's I think he's gonna be a player to watch uh in terms of like maybe that, that third running back. Um and then obviously Travis Etienne. We haven't seen him play since Clemson. Uh you know, the, I think he got hurt yeah, in the do you first think game. Ever how much, do you think yeah, he play pro- probably two Two series, um, maybe less, maybe just one series, uh, but I definitely think you know one or two.
0: Got it. Good stuff. It's good stuff. Over should be. A, it could be. Listen, unless the NFL steps in, could be looking at a really raucous evening if they end up putting Watson on the field, and it feels like they're going to at this point. So we will see the first NFL stadium reaction to Deshaun Watson. Uh, it'll be in Jacksonville. Looks like, as Lori said, Trevor and some of the other bigger names will play a little bit in the first quarter, and then we'll. We'll check in throughout the game. We're doing it on playback. I think Lori's going to try to swing through on playback and we'll give some of her thoughts maybe around halftime and something of that nature. We'll try to get her opinion on the Jags too. We'll always try to bring another vector. So good stuff, Lori, very quick here, but but I think as the right stuff for Browns fans to pay attention to. We appreciate you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, guys, going to close with our Ask the OBR Thursday show. Myself, Andrew Spade, a lot of good topics covered here. Did a great job, I think, uh, in just a condensed half hour, being able to knock out a lot of important things going on. So, reminder, thank you to Lori for coming on the show today. Thank you guys for stopping by and checking out. And we close today's episode with Ask the OBR with all of your pertinent topics ahead of the Browns jaguars first preseason game make sure you check out that pre post game coverage at the obr twitch and join me live on playback it's going to be awesome it's going to be a cool tool i think you're really going to like it let's get over to that ask the obr right now
2: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform
3: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Thursday Preview Show for uh, the OBR. Uh, my name is Andrew Spade, and with me is Jake Burns. As always, Jake, how are you tonight?
0: What's up, Andrew? I'm good, man. What's going on? Oh,
3: not much. Just uh, excited to be back talking about Browns football for once. We're not. Uh, <clears throat> we're just about outside of the off season period where we we now well, we're going to have an actual game to watch uh, tomorrow night. So I'm. I'm it's going to change how we do this, you know.
0: It definitely is going to change how we do it. New content, man. We've been talking about the same things for so many months, and now mm-hmm. we get to talk about some different things, some different concepts, some different plays, some different results, and um, hopefully for everybody, it gets more fun from here yeah. on out. Put it that it, way. We it need, should, right? uh, It needed to be – I mean, even – I'm to the point, Andrew. I don't know about you, man, but even if they are not as good as we hope they'd be this year, it's just something different to talk about. Like, I just yep. – Needs something different to talk about. So yeah, needless to say, I cannot wait for tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, I think at this point it's it's like let's just let's uh, you know the the with the Watson thing dragging on so long, I think at this point it feels more like closure of any type will be welcome. Uh, you know, I, it'll be, it's it's not going to be over to me overly disappointing or frustrating yeah. it's just going to be like okay well now we know it's just it's more than not knowing at this point that's that's most frustrating so uh sure. before we get started just want to say quickly that uh on the OBR uh, we had a great day of content today um uh starting yesterday we had uh, a great roundup of the new linebacker that the Browns signed uh his athletic profile and his path to success with the team uh we also had a, an article on uh AJ Green and his uh path to success with the uh the team or i guess is the argument for him being a starting quarterback uh which is is a good one and then uh, that was Corey kinnon on that one and then today i wrote an article about uh if the browns wanted to look outside of the organization to fix the return uh issue in the absence of jakeem grant um there's some options out there still uh free agent wise and then one possible trade uh and we had uh Uh, Barry McBride uh, wrote an article this afternoon uh, detailing some of the changes to our uh, game day uh, program uh, or I'm sorry, our our streaming uh, offerings this year. uh, And which one of which is something that, that you're pretty excited about, Jake, if you want to talk about that again.
0: Yeah, so to to kind of make it all encompassing, we're still doing our pregame postgame on Twitch, and we'll be putting that up on YouTube as well. So that'll be Mm -hmm. available for you guys to check out uh, an hour before the game, usually about an hour after the game worth of conversation discussion. But there is a company we're in with a little bit early here called Playback. And they have an awesome, uh, if you've listened to my pod this week, you've heard me talk about it. I'm really excited about it. Their platform that is a live stream platform. So what you do is you go there and the the, the link uh, to that can be found in podcast episodes I put up recently. It can be found in the website that Barry McBride posted uh, the write up Andrew's talking about for today. It is uh, get slash room slash OBR live. We have actually shortened and condensed that down uh, to something even tighter, which if I can find what that is right in front of me uh, right this second. There it is. It is. Uh, playback.theobr.com. So if you go to that, it'll link you. What you have to do is go in there, put your T, you sign up, put your TV subscription in there, and then that unlocks the ability for you to watch the game that I will be broadcasting in my own. Bring people on stage. We'll have guests. We can have users come up on stage and talk, you know, those of of which is a chat service that goes on the whole time. So we're all hanging out watching the game. It's just a really cool way to take what we do here. Uh, sort of through Twitch and put it in another platform that's pretty similar to Twitch and and can host it and has all the rights. You know, there's always a bunch of messiness with getting the rights to be able to view those things, and they have they have knocked that stuff out. So what's cool is you're not using your TV subscriber to use it. Like there's not you're not all on different times during the game. Mm-hmm. Like you're you know some lag behind or some are ahead. You're unlocking the ability to watch the 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 TV subscription you're putting in whoever your provider is youtube tv or or time warner spectrum whoever i don't know whoever you use they they are giving that's unlocking the ability to to watch the broadcast of the game that this company's putting on so we're all on the same page at the same time nobody's like talking about being ahead of the game or anything like that it should be a pretty safe space to watch the game at the same pace as everybody else but have discussion during the game and listen to a different breath you're tired of the joe bucks and and Aikman and all those other ones. Like you can listen to people who really know the Browns talk about the Browns. So uh, we're excited about it. We're going to do it this Friday. We'll see about the other two preseason games to be determined, but I think we'll run this thing for sure in the regular season each week. So check that out. I would love it.
3: Yeah. And like you said, that'll be tomorrow night. Uh, first maiden voyage, uh, watching the Jaguars and the Browns in, uh, in Jacksonville. And so I think it's going to be a great way for, for people to get to experience the, the games, you know, sort of with, uh, folks at the OBR. Uh, I'm excited to see how it looks and feels. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that. And we're going to talk mostly tonight about the game. I think our Thursday show for the season is going to be more of a, a weekend preview. I think once we get to the regular season, we'll probably talk about some other games, you know, and, and we might have guests on from, uh, the other, other cities, but, uh, you know, it's a preseason, so we're, we're starting a little slow, um, but, uh, you know, uh, we'll still talk about what we can expect from the, the Browns tonight or tomorrow night, I should say. But we'll talk about that tonight. Uh, but, you know, some some news surfaced this afternoon, which I think we have to talk about a little bit first, which is uh, Mary Kay Cabot reporting that she's she's been told from league sources that if uh, Deshaun Watson were to miss the entire season due to suspension, that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would be a potential target for the Browns. Uh, which is, you know, something that's kind of been out there and been speculated about, but it hasn't really, uh, it wasn't clear if they were interested before they got Watson or if they would be interested since Watson. This is the first real clear indication that they would be interested as a stopgap for the year. Uh, Your reaction to that, Jake?
0: Well, I mean, I think we've all sort of thought, I guess it's what my immediate question is, is she getting that from somebody concrete knows what the Browns are going to be doing, or is it just a, is it just a hunch? You know, that's, that's what's interesting to me. I, I'm not totally sure about that. I think we've all speculated on how it could potentially make sense uh, given this. If if, we, if Watson's stuff goes deeper into the season than many of us anticipated and it now seems pretty dang realistic. I'm sure you would agree. Yep. I don't I don't think this is um. I don't get this vibe as this is a report as a concrete thing that they're going to be doing this. Um, if, if it's a locked-in thing if Watson's suspension goes to 12 to, to a full season. So I don't get that vibe, but it uh, it is the first time it's bubbled up. I think it's worth entertaining if the if he's cut, not traded. I don't think you mm-hmm. trade for him too much, unless I should take that back. If you can pull off a trade similar to the Mayfield trade where you only take on $5 million of his $23 million I think he's owed this upcoming year, right. I'm fine with that. But the thing is, the Browns, the reason that they, they did it the way they did it is because – They got back a potential pick, a fifth pick that could turn into a fourth. So, if you could maybe do a six to a fifth, like I'd be interested or something like that. But the Browns are in a rough market for giving up picks, Mm -hmm. um, especially given, you know, I'm I'm staying the obvious, but what they've given up for Deshaun uh, Watson here. So, I don't think they're all too. Uh, in tune with giving up picks so i think that they would wait out to see if a release happens yep. that's my biggest hunch so i don't see th- i don't see any world in which they're going to be taking on 23 million dollars like that's not going to be a thing that would have to be a similar deal to mayfield's but right uh, it, th- it then comes down to if they want to give up draft capital and like it feels like the 49ers are in a really rough spot to make any deal happen maybe it's like a draft pick uh, maybe it's like a seventh conditional to a sixth the year after the Browns are done giving up the things to Houston. What's that, like 2025? Maybe <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, maybe they, they 20, can work it that way. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't see a bunch of Jimmy Garoppolo suitors out there. I, I Listen, I don't think Jimmy is leaps and bounds better than Jacoby Brissett. Like, I don't. Right. The, the difference is he has been in big moments. He's been in big games. All of that stuff is not something new to him. Is And this is to say Jacoby, too, like his teammates love him everything you hear about people in Indy and people who have been around him, whether it was a stint in Miami or his time in New England, like everybody loves Jacoby. But I think Jimmy is a a better overall quarterback, but it's not by a ton. Mm. So I could see Cleveland still being like, eh, you know, not really totally worth selling off a lot of different things for. But if he could come cheap, you know, I think that if they can't, if he came cheap and the draft capital that was given up for him is nothing significant and it's down the road and you can punt it out a little bit, it it can it can be a thing that they're interested in doing that I don't think is all too far fetched. So, um, yeah, I l- listen. I, I I don't I feel pretty comfortable in saying Jacoby is not like the data shows you and 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 the way his teams have operated around him and he's played in some decent teams back in those indie days. Like it's I feel very comfortable saying Jimmy's a better quarterback. But then you're also talking about what it, what are you paying up for like you know what i'm saying like what are you actually paying up for and is it worth that kind of upgrade so yep. um yeah i'll be i'll be interested to see sort of what they do but i i i give it like a 15% chance
3: yeah i th- i th- i have a lot of the same thoughts that you have the the one thing i would add is i think the timing of this is interesting right because um they they you know the the 49ers don't save any money by trading them i don't think uh, or you know only the, the portion of it that the Browns would pick up, but they would save all of it if they cut him. So it seems like financially it's in their interest to cut him, but they want picks back. So it, it, feel, it feels like a situation where the, you know there's there's too many different incentives on, on too, too many different sides. and I think my, my ultimate concern is um, what is motivating the 49ers to do this now rather than closer towards the cutdown day? And if, if he doesn't get into Cleveland until the beginning of September, how does that affect his ability to be ready for this season? And, and at that point, is it even worth, you know, uh, exploring? So I think that's one of the other dimensions here because I, I can't see for the 49ers cutting him tomorrow. I suppose if he went and, and said, I've got something worked out with Cleveland and you know, they, they want to bring me in as a starter, perhaps they would as a solid for being such a good quarterback for them. Maybe they would let him go. I don't know.
0: I haven't looked at and you're doing a nice job of laying it out. I have not looked at what the ramifications are good or bad for um for for Jimmy in that regard. But but again, I'm not like clamoring for Jimmy Garoppolo. I get yes. the angle like I yeah. the, the, the there are things that tell me about how he throw portions of the field he uses and accuracy numbers that tell me what I need to know. Like, I think he's better, but I also don't think like you need to go hunting him because I don't think he's some gigantic upgrade at all. Yep. He's marginal upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. So I would just kind of be fine with keeping Jacoby. I mean, I don't think it's that big yeah. of a deal. I well, just, and that's, that's you know, a lot
3: of the sentiment in the comments section from what I'm seeing a lot of, you know uh, which, which I think is a totally fair point that uh, Jacoby has not played with the best supporting cast uh, when he has been sort of thrust into a situation that that offensive line and, Indianapolis was so bad that Andrew Luck had to retire. So, uh, you know, a similar situation uh, for him. And, uh, I, you know, there. Were, I think the Patriots supporting cast was better for him, but that was when he was a, a very young player. So this is, I think, his best opportunity for success. So the best version of Jacoby Brissett is, the, is probably the one that we'll see this season, which... It's you know hard to imagine Jimmy Garoppolo being much better than that, as you said yeah. so so yeah,
0: I mean they're both they're similar style they've they've yeah. played in th- this type of offense neither are gonna run away from people they're not very great athletes or anything they're pocket guys, so um you know again i i would i think I would get why they would do it, but I'm not like um I'm not sitting here saying man if they don't get Garoppolo, it's not gonna be a you know, it's not going to be a, a decent season. I think, I think we can produce many similar results to, to yep. what Jimmy can.
3: Yep. Okay. Well, I, you know, it was worth talking about cause that news broke this afternoon, obviously. Uh, you know, the, the other breaking news this week for the Browns is they lost Jakeem grant to uh, a pretty nasty Achilles injury uh, in practice the other day. I think that was on Tuesday. And um, you know, th- th- this was a, a day, I think after the the official team site had published a, an article about the, uh, massive impact they were expecting him to have on special teams and Mike Briefer was comparing him to Devin Hester and I think you know he kind of put the whammy on him and and unfortunately Jakeem is going to miss the entire season Um I, I wonder Jake your thoughts I, I know that you know generally speaking there doesn't seem to be a lot of correlation year to year on punt return and kick return quality and um it, it doesn't contribute that much to a winning uh, or losing cause on a, on a game-by-game basis but it seemed like he had a little package of plays carved out for him in the offense. So just your reaction to his uh, loss and and where you think the Browns might look to replace that production.
0: I think they have guys in Schwartz and, and, uh, and, and Felton who can do some of the things on offense that he was, I guess, going to do. I was still needing to see it, to believe it in terms of him doing a bunch of those things, because to me, it felt like they were going to be giving those to Schwartz and, and uh, Felton anyway. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not it's not going to move the bottom line for your Cleveland Browns football season it's it's not it's just not I mean like you you would have a little bit better you would have a better punt return kick return but you don't return that many kicks Dearness Johnson is every bit as good as him at returning kicks um and then the punt return stuff it could matter a little bit here and there but it's not again that the 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 expected points added that you're getting from that thing from him is like not that great so I, listen, he, you know, you can, <laughs> I've said this a couple of times, like, like Jakeem Grant has never had a receiving career in the NFL teams have tried him as a receiver. He's been in multiple places that have tried to use him as a receiver. And he's been like, a, he's had a couple years of 300 yards. Like it, he's just not, it's just not his thing. He doesn't have a bunch of route nuance. It's just like McCole Hardman. It's a very similar type of player. Very they're very shifty, but they don't understand how to stack routes. They don't understand what it takes to release the right way. Like it's just not their thing. So, yeah, the special team stuff hurts a little bit. I'm not saying you're a better team for losing Jakeem Grant as a part of your specials, but it's not going to move the season. Like it's it's really not. They have he wasn't in their top 4 receivers. I still have been pretty vocal now over the last few days of saying they do need a receiver. I'd like to see them add somebody, but he wasn't going to get a ton of reps there. Now they just have to find some solidity um, in the, in the punt return game and just catch the ball, get a couple of yards and don't turn it over there. And again, it's like he had one punt return touchdown in the last few years, three, four years. Like it just, it's, I mean, I get it. I'm fine about him, you know, but he's not, he's averaging like six yards of punt return. That's all he's ever averaged. I mean, it's like, that's fine. You know, catching the ball and just saying like your team's not, Better off losing him, but it's not going to move the win-loss bottom line for your football team this year. It's 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 really easy to to identify that based on everything that he's done in his career. Again, I don't I don't think he's I don't think losing him is what they wanted or it's going to help. But it's it's uh you know it's not the end of the world. Put it that way. I think a big be loss like a big loss is Denzel or Miles or <laughs> yeah you know JOK. Those are sure. big losses. But yeah. Tony O'Teller like this is it, it sucks, but you know, it's football. And sometimes these things happen. I even consider like Grant Dell, but that was a big loss when yeah. he, when he tore his Achilles, you know? So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I hope he gets a chance to come back and play another year though. He's pushing 30, he's getting up there, yeah. he's getting older. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was having a nice camp by all accounts. And I just kind of hope he gets another run at it.
3: Yeah. Well, those Achilles injuries are are some of the worst for uh, explosiveness and recovery. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he
0: recovers from that. And uh, we, yeah. we wish him all the best. Um, even the way punters have changed, we should kind of talk about, I mean, like, it's just, it's just like the punters, the hang time punters get now. And the way gunners yeah. or specialists, like mm-hmm. all of this stuff now is, it's so minimized. You don't see Josh cribs in the NFL anymore. Like it, right. you just don't see cribs or a lot of these guys. Like there's, it's just like the NFL has found a way to nullify the importance of special teams outside of kicking, um, punting and kicking field goals. And yep. it's just, it's just not a, as big a deal as it used to be.
3: Yeah, I think special teams wise, the biggest issue for the Browns last year, uh, from from my memory, was the coverage units uh, stopping returns. You know that I think they they gave up more returns. You know that that were problematic to me rather than you know the problem on this other side of the ball. Um, One one thing that I will say, you know looking forward to tomorrow night i think it'll be interesting to see who handles the return duties with with grant not uh, That's available now good point yeah uh and that'll give you some indication of who's who's you know fighting for those spots and and who they see as taking those when i was working on that article for for replacements for grant you know i mentioned demetric felton he had four muffs in 32 mm-hmm. punt returns so
0: that that yeah. part of it's unacceptable you cannot yeah. you cannot not the baseline of being an nfl return guy as a punt returner is catching the football like if catch you can't yeah if you can't catch the ball man we got a problem so right we'll see who they run back i mean guy dpj caught everything and maybe felton's got a year of experience mm-hmm. um i i don't know we just need to see sort of what they think or 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 you know uh if it's a disaster in the first two preseason games i'm sure they'll um sure they'll reach out to somebody Uh, and again they've got a a bunch of familiarity you wrote up a nice piece on potential guys andrew like their propensity to bring back people they know would not leave me surprised to see jojo natson brought back in in some regard just because that's the thing they they seem to do when when penned against the wall for either a depth issue or Mm -hmm. um uh, an injury of some kind so you know Willie harvey jr is an example of that like they tend to go with people they know exactly
3: yeah, I, th- I think seeing that he was a free agent, that that feels pretty obvious to me, but it'll be interesting to see. I think tomorrow night might tell us a little bit about whether or not that happens down the road. Um, so looking forward to tomorrow night, uh, it was announced yesterday that Deshaun Watson's making the trip, and he will start at quarterback uh, pending any sort of late-breaking news tomorrow from the NFL. On do you his, expect uh, any?
0: That's a question. Do you expect any <laughs> late-breaking news, or where do you sit on it?
3: I think... I, I can see the argument that the NFL is incentivized to keep him off the field, even in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that to the extent that all of this is somebody rubber stamping, what the commissioner wants, uh, the commissioner, if he wants him not to play, then I could see something coming loose tomorrow. I thought it was also interesting that some, some, uh, settlement negotiations leaked. It seemed like they were leaked by rusty Harden or somebody on Deshaun Watson's legal team, uh, mm-hmm. that they would be willing to settle at eight games and a, and a pretty hefty fine. Uh, so you know maybe maybe a settlement gets reached in which case i think he would be eligible to play the understanding that i have is that if he's suspended indefinitely that is to say a minimum of a year he would not be eligible to play tomorrow night Correct. but if he's if it's just beefed up to 10 or 12 games he could still play so it's possible that we see news and he still plays i, I don't know i i think it's it, it, tomorrow will be another yet another very interesting day in the deshaun watson saga but uh in the eventuality that he does find his way onto the field in Jacksonville. Uh, I'm wondering two questions for you, Jake. Well, how long do you think he's in there and uh, what are you looking to see? What are the, what are the signs that uh, we can look for in terms of his rustiness or lack thereof?
0: Man, that leak today is pretty funny. You know, Hey, I'll yeah. take two more games in a $5 million fund. Yeah. I'm sure you yeah. would, buddy. I'm mm-hmm. sure you would. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, what am I expecting? Um, Nothing, Andrew, really genuinely nothing. If I expect anything, like if I expected when the starters play, okay, let me say this. What am I expecting? Nothing. What would be the outcome that you would want is just to have a couple efficient drives, you know, Mm -hmm. picking up first downs, getting points on the board. That would be a great outcome. Again, he has not played football since the January calendar year of 2020. He is not been practicing uh, other than cleveland's practice here he wasn't practicing for houston last year so like if he would lead a couple of those types of drives i think that would be a really nice outcome but like i'm i'm really not expecting much at all i'm very you know i mean it's going to be if he does play and they and he has a chance to play it's going to be all eyes on him there's going to be a bunch of pressure this is the first time he's been on the field he's going to be getting booed like crazy all of those things will be true simultaneously um i i you know i'm not putting any expectations on this game for him i'm just kind of not like but again a couple drives a couple nice outcomes a couple good throws escape some pressure here and there that that to me is like a good outcome for him mm-hmm. but i'm not like man he's got to do this he's got to do that and or it's a disappointment it's a preseason opener man it's Yeah, a preseason opener and a new franchise with a new uniform and a new system and all that stuff so yeah, I mean, no no, thanks. I mean, I guess the thing that would be the worst outcome is that he gets picked off or something goes wrong, and then right. there's a whole bunch of I told you so and laughing at him and all that stuff. Because I'm <laughs> telling you, I've been saying this for a while. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, before this all came out, listen, he has always been a people, and I don't, it's the wrong way to say this maybe, but he's always been a people-pleasing type. Like, mm-hmm. from his from his time at Clemson to his time in the NFL, he would take questions and he would do these really great answers and he would do community service. And that's why we were all really blindsided by this. Mm
2: -hmm. So like
0: how I I always go back to this. Now, this is again, not the same situation. It's not even in the, the same stratosphere, but it is the same effect. When LeBron left Cleveland, he did not expect to get the backlash he received and he was the villain and he wasn't used to it. And he's been, he's given interviews on this. He was trying to be a villain or be this guy that was able to over like overcome, like all these people mad at him. And he's like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't channel it. It wasn't me. LeBron's thing is people, I'm a people pleaser and I like when people love me. I think Mm -hmm. Deshaun is wired in a similar way mentality wise. So how he's able to handle a bunch of people who have animosity towards him or hostile environments or people pulling against him. And all of, there's a lot of mental stuff there Yeah, that it's like, to me, I just am going to be interested to see it. And it's not mm-hmm. as much of a a guarantee that he's just going to step on the field and things are, it's, it's all pro Deshaun Watson. Like it's not right. guaranteed. It's going to take some time. So You know, like it just, I just am saying I I need to see his mentality might be off to start. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. a lot to overcome. And you haven't played a game in a while. That's got flying, you know, flying bullets around you with, with, with people coming after you in the pocket. There's just a lot of stuff there. So I have like no expectations for, Mm -hmm. even if he plays four games this year, he plays six games because he gets suspended 10 or 12, like. I don't have any expectations, man. He, I'll have expectations when he goes through a quiet off season and <laughs> is, is comfortable in, in the situation he's yeah. in. That's when I'll start having expectations. Not, not right now. This is chaos and madness. Yeah. It's madness, man. I have no expectations for what he's going to do.
3: Yep. I think that's, I think that's reasonable. And I think, yeah, I, expectations <laughs> maybe was the wrong word. I think it's, I, what I, what I'm curious is just, to, it's, it's, I am, more curious to see sort of how he is used in terms of how long yeah. he's in there yeah. you know and 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 what sort of positions Stefanski wants to put him in so I guess that I leads me you're to right
0: a, it's not a bad question Andrew the expectations part of it's real like there are people yeah. who are expecting him because he got paid 230 million to come in and be the dude like being oh, the same guy yeah. he's always been mm-hmm. and it's like I, I just think there's less promise of that being the the outcome. It's all that's all I'm right. saying. I just no, think I, I, yeah. it's not a set in stone thing to me the mm-hmm. way some people think it's gonna be. So that that's the one of the biggest things I'm tracking for sure.
3: Yeah. I mean Browns fans generally are suffer gen off often from overly high expectations. So I think it's it's a good note of caution to to be aware that yeah, there's there's no guarantee that he's gonna hit the ground running uh after being off of the game for what uh 20 months, something like that. So uh uh, one other question on on Watson if you were uh the man in the visor the man in the hat if you were Kevin Stefanski uh would you play him tomorrow
0: what i mean they they are all in on Deshaun like i don't yeah. i don't see why they wouldn't i mean you have right. whether you're sitting in your office and you're like shit we made a massive mistake here <laughs> or not you have a contract here brother right. you are yes. in the water yeah. now what is it yeah. what is the thing the water's warm you might as well swim like yeah They're in, they're in for the ride. So I'm playing him. I would play him and I would, I would see what you got and get used to each other on the football field. And I'm not holding anything back. Like Mm -hmm. again, this is, this goes back to my general overall point about Watson. Mm -hmm. People are like, yeah, man, throw him out of the league. He's done. He's getting suspended. Like, no man, he's done for a year max. And then he's back and he's 28 at the start of next season. And Mm -hmm. you're talking about seven to 10 more years of been playing for the Browns, whether you like him or not, that's the case. So To me, you're all in on him anyway, because that's the decision you made. And whether in this whole course of public reaction has changed a little bit of your uh, steadfast feeling about it or not, like you're all in anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm playing him every chance I get to get comfortable with who this guy is on the football field. That, that's just the way I would approach it. I, I think it feels like they're doing the same thing. And plus, you want him, you know, whether this guy is guilty of these things or not, whatever Sue Robinson thinks, whatever you think, whatever Joe Schmo next to you thinks, you you have to, you have to tell him now, I believe in you. If yes. he doesn't feel like you believe in him, um, th- then it's going to be an even worse outcome for everybody. Right. So like, you know, yeah. I, 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 just, I just think that's sort of how it's going to be approached and they have no choice now, uh, but to be, you know, uh, knee deep in, in Deshaun Watts and Deshaun Watson, everything. And that includes mm-hmm. playing him whenever he's eligible to play with the NFL.
3: I think that's well said. Um, I, it'll be interesting also to see how they then, as the knock-on of that, if he gets a few series or gets close to a quarter, then how long does Jacoby Brissett play? How well do they protect him? Do they leave the first-team offensive line out there for the entire first half? All of these yeah. questions will be, you know, answered tomorrow night. And I think there's there's a, there's a lot of good ones because you know there's not a lot of easy answers in all of this for for uh, Kevin Stefanski in terms of you know, the, the amount of risk versus reward that he's going to get. But, uh, yeah, as you said, yeah. there's a lot of work that they need to do yet. And, uh, it starts tomorrow night. So, um, yeah. on the same sort of topic of the offense, uh, there's been so much uncertainty in the wide receiver room this spring with, uh, or summer, I should say with David Bell missing the first few weeks of training camp, Anthony Schwartz getting injured. And then very recently returning, obviously we mentioned Jakeem Grant's injury. So we know Amari Cooper, but there's a chance he doesn't play tomorrow night because you know he's a veteran. So probably Donovan Peoples Jones will be out there. Maybe David Bell and Anthony Schwartz play. We'll see what the coach decides. Who I mean, who who would you expect to see in the first half uh getting significant targets in this offense tomorrow night?
0: Uh well, yeah. I mean, I have to think if Cooper's not playing, most of the others will. Bell will get a lot of run. Um, like you said, DPJ will get a lot of run. Schwartz should get a lot of run. Um yeah i mean like uh Harley a harley kid for the the what you call it yeah the, mike harley from mike Harley. Miami, right? yeah he'll get some run mm-hmm. um trying to think like yeah <laughs> i mean I, I, that's why i continue to say yeah it feels like a a, tr- a a signing of a receiver should happen but uh yeah i, I think that those top three you'll see a lot of felton at wide receiver i think you'll see some tight end work from stanton mm-hmm. a little bit like uh, we're, we're going to get tested on who all is here. This, the, the kid they brought in from Michigan, whose name is escaping my mind at the second, he'll get some run. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The, the um, real recent addition that I, yeah. yeah it's escaping my mind. I actually Baldwin have or the, Madison the, or Madison something. The, the Browns roster up in front of me. I should sound like I know what I'm talking about every now and again. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't know where Wood status is. I'm not sure if there an update on that. Maybe, you know, Wims will get some run if he's able to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jamarcus Bradley will get some run. He'll get a lot of chances and then Dalen Baldwin is the kid's name Daylen out of Baldwin. Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Derek, Number 17. Derek, Derek Dylan should as well. Yep. Um, yep. so yeah, it's yep. gonna be a lot of uh checking the roster tomorrow. Who is that? <laughs> uh in this in the second half, especially for, yes. for a lot of people. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of Josh Rosen throwing to guys that weren't even on the team two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. Is, is probably what we'll have to strap in for. So that's the preseason. And uh, you know, if you once we're done here, you can switch over to uh, NFL Network and check out uh, Mac Wilson. Well, he was playing earlier, I noticed, uh, when I turned that game on just before we started here. Uh, he's playing for the Patriots. So, uh, yeah, preseason, it's, uh, it's football. As we said at the beginning, it's football and it's worth watching, but uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be good football. Uh, uh, one more question out. before we go here. Uh, uh, what do you have in mind in terms of uh, – I'm seeing in the comments, uh, somebody said they're very interested to see uh, – Taven Bryan and Perry and Winfrey in the game uh, tomorrow night just to see how the D-line stacks up. A lot of the young guys, new faces in mm-hmm. the defensive line room. Any other uh, defensive thoughts? I guess also just the question of do you think a lot of the the first-team first, uh, first team players will get run?
0: They should. No, no, I mean, they need to figure out who are the dudes on that defensive line. So, like, yep. in my opinion, they they absolutely should um, not play Miles and Clowney much at all. But those other guys, especially, the, they're trying to figure out, like, is Isaiah Thomas, the seventh-round kid out of Oklahoma, is he a mm-hmm. real rosterable player? Get Alex Wright his first NFL experience, you know? Um, trying to think who else I would like to see. Winovich needs to go out and prove that he's worth some of the things that 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 we all think he can be worth. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm I'm interested in so many of those guys. Can Tommy Togiai look re- respectable? There's, there's a lot of things on the depth at the DN spot and all of the defensive tackles that I really need to see before I can, like, believe some of these guys. So yeah. they're up for those jobs are open. I think if you watched HBO's hard knocks like um Campbell actually, one Campbell can be off the wall, but he said something <laughs> I thought was really good. There's some guys in here who are starters who are competing for reps. There are some guys in here who are not starters competing to be starters and then there mm-hmm. are guys who are just trying to make the roster. I think that defensive line in, in totality is a is a bunch of guys in the second tier who should be viewing themselves as not starters chasing reps like chasing starting roles like that's that there are no set starters for me on that defensive tackle group especially yep
3: yeah i think that, that that campbell quote was really good because i think it sets sets sort of sets the table that everybody has something that they're working on for the most part yeah. the only guys that don't are the guys that they don't even dress because they don't want them to get hurt you know uh exactly but uh And and to that point, you know, one of the things that I've heard Nathan Zagura mention a few times on Cleveland Browns Daily recently is the idea of guys that are trying to find their way into the program, meaning they're not going to make the roster, but can they make the practice squad? Can they hang around for a year or two sort of on the roster bubble? You know, those guys that sometimes get released, but seem to, as you mentioned earlier with JoJo Natson, they kind of find their way back into the program in uh yep. in future you're, you're years. leaving
0: impressions all the time willie harvey right. is a great example right yeah, absolutely like he is a great example of of the impression that you're leaving um and then and then that like you know as, as it gets out there it's it's in the fringe for keeping an nfl job it's like all oh, the browns are short at linebacker well, who do we know who can we who can we count on to come in here and know how we operate know how we do things someone's mm-hmm. saying, oh well willie harvey's out there let's bring willie back and you know that that's what it's all about man
3: yep Yeah, I think there's – so there's something on the line for everybody, and I think your point about there's a lot of young players on the defense that have something to prove is absolutely true. We are going to talk a lot more about uh, the uh, Browns-Jaguars game tomorrow. Uh, We will be live for – we're going to go live at 6 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow ahead of the game and get you ready for that. So it will be probably a lot of the same topics that we talked about tonight, but who knows, maybe there will be a – an immense amount of Deshaun Watson news to sort through between now and then we'll just have to see what happens, but join us tomorrow night. I think we're going to have Jack Duffin all the way from the UK joining us for uh, a while. And I, I think uh, Corey Kinnon might be dropping in. We'll have a lot of the OBR's writers uh, hanging out before the game. We'll get you start, set for the game. And then we will recap it with a uh, quick post game show after the uh, final whistle in the Jacksonville and tell you kind of our impressions of, you know, who had a good night, who struggled and, and where that maybe leaves the Browns, uh, Headed into week two of the preseason. So please join us tomorrow night at six o'clock. And uh until then, uh Jake, thank you so much for joining me tonight.
0: Hey, Andrew, my pleasure, man. Thanks for hanging out with me.
3: All right, and we will uh as I said, we'll see you tomorrow night at six o'clock for the first Browns preseason game of the year. Till then, right. go Browns.
2: Go Browns.